sub king yeah what up you know just uh <clears throat> another day another dollar thinking about going and seeing uh after yang the uh the andrew yang biopic starring uh, colin farrell as andrew yang and i love it i love colin farrell in the new movie where he plays colin first uh playing the penguin thank you i love uh i love colin farrell in the uh in the new Colin Farrell movie where he plays Colin Farrell. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I really enjoy your hat that you've, uh, that you're wearing there, Steve Zissou. Thank you. Uh, it's very, it's, it's a Steve Zissou core. Um, I've realized, I, that. I realized recently that I, I, I basically just dress like uh, the coach of the emo team. And so like, I've just been leaning in on that. It's, it's pretty good. Um, I love that for you. Yeah, I the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou holds up. By the way, I watched it like maybe two weeks ago. It it's a it's, solid. It's so good. Yeah, that and Royal Tenenbaums, man. They're, those are really yeah. those are really peak Wes Anderson, in my opinion. I don't think yeah, you could I did not, better than those. I did not like Isle of Dogs, and uh, I uh, whatever that one with like the little kids is. I thought was. Um, was mostly good except for one scene fantastic Maybe mr fox or are you talking about moonrise kingdom moonrise kingdom yeah uh there's there's one scene in moonrise kingdom that makes me think that uh maybe uh he needs to be thrown in jail but uh i mean besides that it's a fantastic film i thought i think Thank a lot you. of people i think a lot of people need to be thrown in jail so uh that's uh <laughs> i know that well, I, I understand your politics very well. I I, under, I understand you think that. Hey, oh. <laughs> nah, nah, uh, that, nah, 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 nah. My 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 celebrity my my politics only apply to celebrities. <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> uh, same. I, I want to nationalize the means of uh, producing celebrities as well. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Post Malone and Stevo and Tom <laughs> Green can stay. They can stick around and. Uh, you know, have a, uh, have a lavish, have a lavish and pampered time at the celebrity gulag while everybody else, uh, language languishes. Thank I you. I love that. Yeah, we, we, had, we definitely had a moment. Uh, we had a post Malone moment in our <laughs> society. Thank you. Post, post Malone. Uh, um, shout out post Malone. It seems like he's doing well. I, he was on good mythical morning yesterday and, uh, it seems like he's, seems like he's in a good place. So um love to see that that was really wild where he, didn't he almost die like four times yeah had some really bad um what looked like bad substance abuse things happening uh so i'm glad that beers has gotten that out of control <laughs> like wasn't he like in a plane crash oh well yeah i mean and he also died of ligma and then came back from the dead so oh that's really sad yeah it really sucks that he died of ligma yeah just people people you know if you die of ligma there's like a 50 percent chance of you coming back which is why like post malone died of ligma and he's still with us but you know steve jobs not so lucky who's steve jobs ligma balls <laughs> um what else is up with you just fucking bit busy doing 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 too much stuff but having a good time so it's uh yeah just like booking booking music shows got an art show this month etc etc um a lot of stuff a lot of a lot of, lot of ins and outs a lot of what have you's um it's good though man like it's definitely just the 
the way that I want things to be going. And I, I get to do this. And this is this is the thing that is legitimately hobbies. So <laughs> that's that's the dopest part. I know, right? It's fucking I know, right? It's uh you know, it's really crazy that we don't get paid to do this. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Like having a fucking podcast is like, you need to be oh, in this current, in this day and age, like unless you started doing a podcast in like 2015 and like when it wasn't such a competitive landscape, like you need to be okay with just like doing it for funsies and like not having oh, yeah. to really give a shit. And thankfully, like this is literally just a vehicle for like, for us to hang out because our lives are also now, right? crazy to where like we just like wouldn't be able to hold space for hanging out without like being part of a fucking media production together because it's uh how late capitalism works baby <laughs> yeah that, thank you it's thank you. uh hey shout out to the uh what, what there's like a third aqua team pod right that they reach out to us on twitter who is that i forget um oh there's like a third one I yeah well maybe they're not all aqua team but they're uh I, I think they've done a recent Aqua Team thing. Anyway, they were we, we were tweeting at each other. I, I apologize. Oh, cool. I was not prepared fully for this for this for this episode, so to speak. Uh, but I will I will fix myself, and uh, the next uh, next pod will uh, will give a more proper shout out. That's, that's my fault. That's oh the, yeah, uh, that's that's the, totally the shadowy cool, Twitter manager. I love that you do an amazing job of managing our Twitter, and anytime that I get to uh, not manage social media for anything is great because i manage uh manage like literally four social four different social media uh accounts i thought you were just gonna say i've just managed four social <laughs> i just managed four social and i was like yeah I, I know i know for for social the uh the apex twin uh apex twin exclusive uh social platform our sponsor today actually if you like apex twin you like his beepity boopity music for intellectuals. Um, <laughs> if you were one of those people like me who who fell asleep to selected ambient works eighty five ninety two in in high school because uh, it made you you thought it made you interesting, um, you'll love to connect with other people of your stripe on this on this social network for Apex Twin fans. You can sign up. Uh, doesn't cost anything, but you can get a you can get an invite code. Um, when you uh, use the go to go to for social that's spelled out dot net because we have a dot net domain because it's 2002 um, <laughs> and and you enter the code you enter the code it's hobbies and get oh, yes. in there Welcome, welcome everybody to Master Shake Theater. It is an, it is an Aquatine pod. Uh, yes. A, a lovely Aquatine pod in the landscape of lovely Aquatine pods. We stand others. Um, a rising tide lifts all boats. You know how the saying goes. Uh, I am your host, Jim. I'm uh, J.I. Um, 
Scott Stapp and Scott Ian are both on tour today, so we are uh, we are two manning it, which is uh, perfectly fine because we're having a great time. Uh, today, today we are talking about um, season one, uh, episode fifteen, Interfection. Can't believe we're fifteen episodes into this shit already. It's crazy. I know, right? Um, uh, that is this aired um, December eighth, two thousand two. Uh, in this episode, Shake and Meatwad accidentally infect the house with pop-up windows. <laughs> um, I'm immediately hit by how timely the premise was. Like a thing that is sort of, oh, like, yeah. a thing that's at like a creeping upward uh, trend with the show is how like how how good they are at capturing pieces of pop culture that were hyper specific to like the early 2000s. And this is definitely like the the best that they've hit that nail on the head um, so far. I think oh, that yeah. like um, it's, it's like an immediately timely premise. Like this was the period of time. If you're too young to remember, like the internet was still like in its like was still proliferating. Like the internet was still sort of crossing the chasm to use product lifecycle terminology. Um, and like people didn't understand the concept of malware at all. And everybody of all ages and, um, you know, ages and genders and races was just fucking their computers up with malware. Like uh, computers were just straight up like bus stationed out. Um, and I, 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 so to see that captured in such a, such a fun way here, really, really nice. Yeah, that was definitely a, a time of numb.exe on LimeWire.com. Uh, well, even before that, um, I, I don't know if I talked on our pod at all, but I, yeah, I, I think I got on the internet in 94. And like back then, there's no one, like no one was on the internet. And then about four or five years later, it felt like everyone was on the internet. But the, the big change was that, and I, I didn't understand this at the time, because obviously I didn't know anything, but uh, ben Thompson on Stratechery does a really good job kind of outlining as media, new media emerges, old media approaches to monetization will inevitably follow. And on the internet, and you can see this, like, it's just hit like a wave. I, I remember being on Netscape Navigator, you know, and like all of a sudden there's just ads everywhere. And the whole sort of premise is that, okay, well, these commercials and uh, you know, commercials work on TV and classified ads and everything uh, work in newspapers and kind of regular advertisements work in magazines and the internet is written mostly. So, um, and at that time, you know, 99.9% of all the content was, was the written word on the interwebs because we, no one had pipes big enough to put video. And so advertising like banner ads and pop-up ads, like that was, that was how people thought they were really going to monetize websites is before, social media before sort of native advertising, anything like that. Uh, so yeah, to your point, this is like totally like peak early 2000s, late 90s culture and a premise that like, I, you know, I think if you're born in like the last 10, 15 years is completely alien. Like maybe the closest would be the kind of more recent, um, you know, or do you accept all cookies stuff on all these websites after the, the European Union's uh, new regulations from last few years? Yeah, um, it really was the the period of of written word supremacy. Um, content was still king, but it was written content, <clears throat> and so the internet was 
um, the internet was ruled by um, people like the people who host this podcast, who, you know, um, were, who trend, trended overeducated and, and were, you know, smarmy and decent with words while still being morons. Um, so we are so stupid. I, I, I can figure out FTP uh, fire transfer protocol for those who don't know, but I could not tell you, you know, how to do basic uh, chem, high school chemistry. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, speaking of which, FTP is making a comeback, and we've actually on our uh, on this Aqua Team pod, we have spun up our own F- FTP client. It's called uh, it's called Wad. It's called Wad Zone. Um, it's meat Wad themed, meat Wad skinned FTP client. So it's the color of the window is the color of meat. Um, and when you when you when you open it up, Master Shake uh, greets you and uh, talks talks some shit. So you have a you have a good time while you're transferring your files and use this to use this to transfer big files from you and to your friends. You be you know it's a it's an age of remote work and uh, there's room for nostalgia in that too. And, uh, nobody needs Google Drive uh, necessarily when you have a file file FTP. Um, you can you can just you can just sign up. It's uh, wad transfer dot uh dot biz thank you thank you all right now i thought it was a dot jump to uh remember that like uh you know word or may, maybe maybe that wasn't it in your end too but uh yeah back in shoot back in like this era uh before there was uh, a lot of non-country uh you know domain extensions there's a whole cottage industry of like zap to it you know whatever and jump to and like you could have like a a very short url uh yep and uh it would uh be kind of like a url shortener and, and in fact elon musk one of his first businesses was uh i think zap to it or something like that which is uh pretty smart and kind of weird in, in hindsight very uh, very strange i i do love the like just the aesthetic of these windows it looks like in early 2000s like mac os i think is kind of what the aesthetics were looking for and like the the constant rebuffering of the video of like the internet wizard uh just just slayed me it was it's so good dude absolutely like they look i was you know during this time i've been a mac user for most of my life i got my first mac in 1995 in 2002 i uh was was using a uh, an indigo imac um that actually sits on my desk like a relic i'm staring at it right now um my my translucent kind right yeah uh, my office office is a shrine to this thing um and uh no, and so like those are those are the best kinds uh, of computers ever made. This was the peak of the internet. Um, I loved like anytime even something like something that highlights the bad aspects of this age of the internet makes me so nostalgic. Um, I want this age of the internet back. Like I want I want the level of enablement of things that the internet um, uh, provides like to this day because I think we've gotten used to it, but. I've gone on record previously in saying that like I want and I, I know many other people in our immediate age cohort uh, who who want the Internet to just go 
in terms of the entertainment it provides us want the internet to go back to some sort of version of what it was in 2002 like that's 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 effectively why i like only use twitter is because like i try like use instagram to like post art stuff and post memes but like the only discursive social media platform that i use is twitter because twitter is this is the closest i'm going to get to being on live journal and that's yeah that's the tea well, well twitter's the only so it's the social media you go to if you like the written word right like absolutely yeah facebook you could post on facebook but facebook's not as quick and it, there's too many bells and whistles and it's ruled by lizard people or you know, whatever it is twitter for all its faults is far more focused and i i gotta agree like i I am interested to see how this web 3.0 stuff goes. I, I, I do think the sort of promise of decentralization is, is kind of false. I, it seems like the genie's out of the bottle where, you know, the, the reason why we all gravitate toward Google and Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff is because that's where everybody else is. And so trying to like decouple supply, like the uh, demand aggregators from sort of where we spend our time, like that's not, not really a good sense I just used, but I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't think that's going to actually work, but that all being said, yeah, the pre-social media internet, the pre, I don't want to say pre-corporatization of the internet because it, it's literally artificial and it's made by a bunch of corporations and research institutions and it's it's all fiber laid by AT&T and Google and everything else, right? But there, I, I do think there's something lost where on one hand, it's like, yeah, we can all post whatever we want, but on the other hand, it's like, well, we can only post in one of like five different places and the, the barrier to entry is so low. So the discovery aspects or the, the difficulty in discovering just truly the best content for some kinds of content is, so, is very, very difficult because uh, instead of trying to navigate a very small expanse like the pre-social media internet to find some really good stuff, you're you're wandering in a desert of just like endless content and most of it's kind of garbage. Yeah. The TikTokification of, of things, right? Like the fact that, yeah, yeah, there's endless content, but it's available on one platform that, yeah. is, well, that it, is built, that is built to poison your brain. That is built right. to keep you locked into like an endless loop of fucking scrolling and locks you into an algorithm that feeds you stuff that is like tailor-made the thing about algorithms is i'm i'm legitimately too weird for algorithms to figure me out like any algorithm that i know that i'd have a i maybe tiktok would be different allegedly tiktok's algorithm is different i'm not on tiktok because i would i would like destroy my life if i went on there because i yeah. have like, you know an insanely addictive personality and so like if i went on tiktok my life would just be over so i deliberately stay off of it but algorithms don't understand me <laughs> and so like <laughs> it's so funny the stuff that i get fed on like all the other socials that have algorithms so not twitter um twitter has like a fucking like cobbled together algorithm that is like oh uh you tweeted about your penis hoarding so here's a tweet about uh about about the dutch uh the dutch bobsled team thank you uh but it's not like anything sophisticated or dystopian per se yeah well that's the that's the funny thing like tiktok i think is the only one with a kind of weird centralized algorithm that 
works in conjunction. Obviously, it works just like you know, based off what you like. Uh, but there's definitely like a secret sauce in there that is somewhat different than like Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, we were I I um, viewers won't see this because you're not viewers, but uh, I was just Lin Manuel Miranda soy facing so hard because we have uh, we have Scotty in. Um, who who is who is both on tour and sidelined with with uh, with this virus? Um, what's up, Scott? How are you? Yo, just popping in to say say hey. Hope y'all are doing well, and uh, I hope the episode's good. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop right out and and see y'all see y'all soon. Absolutely, keep me posted. Bye, Scotty we'll, we'll link up later this week. Uh, keep uh, keep keep rocking. Continue rocking the free world. Blessings. Peace, brothers. Peace. See ya. That <laughs> ruled. Dude, uh, dudes rock. I know, right? Uh, so quickly, the, the quotes in the episode that made me die was, uh, if teeth make me gay, then sign me up. Because I wish <laughs> I had them. Yeah. Yeah. Then we'll see. <laughs> I love Master Shake saying it's going to, like, what, put skewers through Meatwad's mouth. And then he says, we'll see how easily the axe slices through the meat. Um, <laughs> and Meatwad I, just cries. <laughs> it's so, the Meatwad cry, Meatwad's entering his crying <laughs> air, being tear-pilled is, uh, is wonderful. I like that Shake is like a prototypical um, online skeptic, like quirked up anti-branch oh, yeah. guy in this episode. Like, Oh, I love that. Dovetails into very much like all the things that we were just talking about, right? How like even back... Even back at this oh. time, it was like possible to get your brain poisoned by the internet. It was just it, you had to work a little harder for it. Yeah, for anyone who thinks that like a bunch of Facebook ads or something are radicalizing people, like just just take a little trip back to like the endless forum posts and Usenet groups talking about black helicopters in the late '90s. Like, there's nothing new under the sun. It's just uh, it's just a lot more, more fun. Uh, back then than it is now because uh, at least we got the x-files out of that stuff um i love the animation of master shake tackling frylock so uh, it just it just looks so bizarre i love it and then uh the uh i love any reference to the supreme court or any other federal institution as not what it actually is and uh with master shake saying oh, i didn't realize i was in the supreme freaking court here <laughs> so so good Never um, mind that I uh, any kind of criminal related uh, uh, court proceedings in the Supreme Court, I, I think, are are rare to the point of uh, non-existent in modern history. But anyway, I love it. Love it I love like it, love that. It. I like that um, that somehow somehow Meatwad knows uh, knows a little bit about interest rates, but not enough to like for that knowledge to be useful. <laughs> That's really good. Same. Same. Um, I like that in just like interesting little relics of the time, like, um, fucking, you want to damage the search engine back when like the term search engine was still an operating term. <laughs> now, yeah. like, oh, we have single search engine supremacy. So it's all just Google. Google has been become the synonym for search engine. But back in this yeah. day, you had an entire marketplace, an entire cavalcade, an entire fucking golden corral buffet of search engines that you could use. <laughs> Dogpile, AltaVista, Excite, uh, uh, Lycos, Lycos, and um, Endless. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves, um, yeah. 
Ask Reeves, the uh, the Bill and Ted, the Bill and Ted and the Matrix uh, themed search engine, where he'd only search things about Keanu Reeves. Um, I love that. I love the, uh, and I love yeah. They're it, we get to the point about like they're putting in like quotations and plus signs into like the, the search bar. Yeah, yeah, that man, that took me back. Um, like basically. Like video, like the, having having a phone line plugged into the computer again, super archaic stuff. Video buffering, we mentioned that. Um, wizard guy, I like. He is like very much. Uh, he very much looks like uh, looks like a like looks like a current day like what was a decade ago the craft beer hipster and is now the the now the guy who blogs in his truck about like how he's going to kill you if you touch his daughter. Um, but like the, the genre of big beard guy, right? Like the, we've seen the shifting landscape. This was a time when big beards weren't hip at all. And the only people that had them were wizards on the internet. You mean doctors? Uh, yeah, that too. Doctors. Um, doctors, doctors are wizards, wizards, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I like it how he calls Frylock Fryman. That's a nice, uh, that's a nice callback to the, to the pilot episode. Yeah. Hey, Prime Man. Um, I also uh, like how he puts on Frylock's beard and mustache. And it's just like, you're the same guy. You just put on another beard and mustache. Um, this, <laughs> this once wizard comes in and like starts, you know, making demands of them and, you know, being the very special tenor and tone of like adult swim villain hostile, it really does start feeling it really does start having a lot of the same energy as the pilot. Um, right, and I, think, I, I think that that's beautiful, but I think that like, honestly, like this, this episode really got me thinking, especially when, once you, once we get into the hostage part of the episode where, you know, wizard comes in and starts, you know, essentially it becomes obvious that he is trying to grift for a subscription um, from these guys like there is still, this was very prescient in a way. And I think it's a really interesting thing that like still haven't, hasn't really solved itself. In fact, it's really kind of only accelerated itself in badness about the internet is subscription models. Like there's still, there, there's currently still a very active and lively um, discourse around subscription models and how to handle them. It's sort of like the, the sticky wicket in the, um, it feels like the internet at this point is, is designed to um, to catalyze to exacerbate people's ADHD, and then do the ultimate like what is the ultimate Achilles heel of ADHD people, which is to get people to sign up for free trials that they then forget about, and then right. they renew their entire like their entire platforms that get advertised on like podcasts all the time now, like Truebill that that automatically. Yeah, do you, are you a Truebill guy? No, but like the advertisements are endless for Truebill. That probably because yeah. I complain about how many streaming services exist now. I, yeah, I don't sure. think I've subscribed to most of them. I hope not. Maybe maybe I do need Truebill. That brings us to our first sponsor for today. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Truebill's not sponsoring this podcast. No, not yet. Um, not yet. We'll work I out. I like I fucking I'm a psycho, and so I use. Like whenever I sign up for a free trial, I like put a event in my calendar for whenever that, like for five days 
prior to when that things about your renew and then to cancel it. But most people have ADHD. Most people aren't the focus factory that I am. Right. Like, so most people who like are, are a hundred percent, like, like a, a, it's just, it says a lot about our society joker face that, uh, that those kinds of services are necessary. And I think that it's hilarious that it's been literally 20 years and that is still a problem that we're trying to solve for societally. And it's only gotten worse. Well, I think, I mean, there's a lot there. I, I think the way that's it, I guess I disagree in part and agree in part that I think the, the services that are being rendered back then were very much the same kind of scam artist crap that was going on pre-internet. Yeah. Um, but maybe coked in a coke, geez, caked in a, uh, like an internet centric, like benefit, quote unquote benefit for people who just didn't know better. But, uh, I think, and maybe the end result is the same, right? Where it is like people being due to, to buy stuff they don't really need on a subscription model. But the interesting thing now about the internet, again, I'm going to just quote endlessly, you know, paraphrase endlessly from Ben Thompson, because he's kind of the pioneer of a lot of the subscription, like uh, newsletter type stuff is uh, in, in his particular newsletter, you can't get an unpaid uh, trial that you have to pay up front. Uh, he's very upfront with all that sort of thing, which I think is, uh, smart business stuff and also um, like good for the customer. But anyway, he uh, sort of his, his take on it is something that um, I think Clay Christensen said years ago about like things like the kind of business cycle is uh, businesses, you know, kind of get cobbled together. And then there's like a, a, a different f phase where like businesses will get like, you know, uh, decouple from each other. And that's sort of this endless cycle in a lot of these industries. And I think that's happened a lot in entertainment, right? Where it's like, we used to have the cable subscription. Now you can have like six different subscriptions to get a lot more content admittedly uh, and on demand. Um, but I mean, I, did, I don't really think anyone really thinks like is Paramount Plus really gonna be around in 10 years? I, I don't know. Uh, no. And so it's, it, it's definitely like a weird problem uh, where like on one hand, I could definitely support like, dude, if you want a newsletter that like walks you through I don't know, the intricacies of like Chinese politics. Yeah, you can sign up for cynicism. Um, and like that is definitely, if you're like someone who's really interested in that, yeah, that's probably worth the hundred plus dollars a year for it. But if you really, if you're finding yourself really needing like AMC plus, I'm pretty sure in five years, that's going to get wrapped into like another whole bunch of subscription services because I'm not really sure the value is, is, is truly there. And, and I don't think in the business sense, it probably makes a lot of sense for AMC to be owning its own subscription service, even if there's a good benefit for straight to consumer. Uh, but anyway, we're kind of going off track. I, I, I think there's definitely a lot of weird parallels uh, with like early 2000s internet, uh, the pets.com aftermath and like the current situation for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that that, that has to do with, you know, I, I've sort of started thinking of it as like the gladiator model of oligopoly where like there are periods of time where the arena organically does open up and, you know, and let's say a, yeah. in, in creating a widget like content, right? Cause content is kind of the main widget that the internet produces right now. Um, kind of always has been. Um, but the, the arena opens up at some point to let new actors in like a very elite, uh, very limited set of new actors are really viable. And then there is a natural, a semi-natural process where 
a certain amount of competition happens and then like the whoever the weaker ones are die off it is very like gladiators and um and then these sort of you know duopolies ish um typically like two one to three prominent actors sort of prevail and so like the system does have the system does have a degree of openness to like allow like whatever the permissible amount of competition is and then and then sort of rinse and repeat and i think that that's just like a really interesting thing that's been happening admittedly like probably at least as long as the time since this episode and i mean realistically probably longer i think that that's like a big that's just a big part of like pretty universally agreed on part of like uh, post washington consensus capitalism like agreed upon by like all ideological sides that it is a thing that's happening right yeah i I would have to look into like what industries we're talking about because it kind of feels like the internet giants are are starting to get pretty solidified um and like the the video game era like the video games at this time in 02 like sega just quit the dreamcast and that was the last big difference in console like the quote-unquote console wars. Obviously, you know, the video game landscape is very different. We have mobile, which is that majority of the money. Um, and we have some other things that kind of, you know, widen the scope of, like, that industry. Um, but it, it is interesting where, like, there, there's definitely some fra- phases where it's, like, it's, like, a total jungle environment where it's, like, everyone gets everybody else for, like, five to ten years, like the internet or, like, the video games in the 80s. And then it does really seem like it, it, it quite settles down. Um, same thing with, you know, automobiles, I think, from the early 1900s there's i think like a dozen companies and then like the big three we still have today were the big three 100 years ago um until tesla right like there's definitely like some some element where like things can get very unsettled very quickly um but yeah it'll be interesting to see you know what what do you if you had to guess in 10 years what you know let's just pick on the streaming services right like what's what three streaming services do you think are still going to be even around in 10 years I think it's going to be the three that I, I think it's going to be the three that I subscribe to. I think it's going to be Netflix, Hulu, and HBO. Like, I think maybe, maybe Hulu, maybe Hulu goes, but I, like Netflix is, is around. Um, I think Hulu is smart because it is like, they, they are like riding this middle line between original and syndicated content. Um, in much like, just like a wish, like a, like a cheaper version of, of HBO kind of. Um, and, yeah. um, and I think that they're like their business model, even though it's like pain in the ass for the end user, like probably makes more economic sense for them. And so I think that'll give them staying power. Um, but yeah. I, I would say it's probably going to be those big three, just because like, I don't, I think that they're the only three that aren't like hyper niche. Right. Like, I don't know. What, what about you? I think it's Netflix, Hulu, uh, Disney plus. No. Uh, yeah. That- yeah, because I I think that the Disney flywheel um, require like it, it both requires a, a consistently strong connection to the consumer, but also they don't really need to make money on it because as long as people are interested in their IP, they'll just go to Disney World and that's where they're going to spend an absolutely ungodly amount of money. Yeah. And the more they make up for it. I mean, like Disney Plus was like like their subscription at least initially i think was was well below like the the fixed cost um investment as well as sort of the you know, ongoing cost for the network uh, but i mean they can slowly ratchet up so you know similar to what netflix has done 
Um, I think so. Maybe some of the others may may continue in some form. Um, but I just I imagine you know like Paramount will go back to just selling all their content to Netflix and Hulu. Maybe maybe some other ones maybe kind of um, join forces. Maybe Apple survives, but maybe not. I, I can't really figure out what their in game is with a lot of their content stuff. But one one last question for you, and maybe we can wrap up of the big internet giants. You're just thinking about this fun episode. Um, what of the current internet giants do you think does not exist in 10 years? Like who's the next Yahoo? Oh man. Uh, that's, I honestly think that it, it could very well, it could very well be TikTok. <laughs> like I think that TikTok has like big, I'm, I'm a TikTok skeptic. So like I'm my, my view is being like super biased by this, but I've seen enough rise and fall of enough fads and trends to where like TikTok is like TikTok has all the energy of that. Um, they figured out a way to execute on it a little better than I think a lot of the like previous fad uh, platforms have. But I still think that it is like fundamentally like something that pe- that people are going to get collectively fucking tired of. Like we're still in the honeymoon phase with it where people are, you know, enjoying all the ways that it allegedly augments their lives. And I think like people are going to get collectively exhausted from it. Um, I think that like, yeah, I think that Facebook has done a really smart thing of like pivoting to being meta, right. Where like now, like it has its hands in all kinds of pies because I think the the platform Facebook is absolutely dead and gone in 10 years, but I don't think that anybody at at meta particularly gives a fuck because they've done such a good job at diversifying the, you know, widgets that they're in charge of making. Right. Um, I think Twitter sticks around because Twitter has such a loyal audience of like people who do value the written word. Um, Instagram is obviously part of the meta, um, the meta like suite of offerings. So I think that that sticks around also like there's a very specific use for it that doesn't go away. Right. Because like Instagram is so integral to like um, driving commerce now for like everybody um yeah i think that out of all the out of all the things that are out there that like the stuff that i'm allowing to be in my purview at this very moment i think that like tiktok is the only one where like i can see it i can see it going away and the world stays largely the same i think most of the other ones besides you know the literal platform facebook have have become kind of too big to fail in one way or the other what do what do you think yeah, I, I didn't really think of TikTok as a as a big. I mean, they they make an absolutely amazing amount of money, but I, I didn't really think of them as like a, a big giant company. I, yeah, I think I think for nothing else, the national security implications of uh, of TikTok means that it, it would current sort of geopolitical trends continue. I, I can't see how the West allows TikTok to continue to function in the same way. Yep. Um, long term, um, hopefully, you know, things just kind of ease out or whatever, but. Um, but yeah, I guess my theory is if if Facebook slash Meta can't can't convert over to owning a, a strong sort of virtual reality platform or whatever it is their goal is, I, I just I, I can't see them surviving in 10 years, at least not at the same strengths. And uh, and I, I also here's my hot take for today. I'm also getting increasingly bearish on Google. Um, I, I think the Google search is is one of the you know greatest inventions in tech in the last 30 years it's like iphone then like the google search box as like the best products for tech or whatever but i, I think st- strategically they are con- continuously going to be in a tough position 
Um, I mean, they, they pay over $10 billion a year to Apple for them to be the default search engine on the iPhone, um, for instance. And, uh, and I think sort of the, the adoption of, of Android is, is kind of plateauing. So um, I, I think they'd have to do something very different. Um, yeah. I, a, lot, a lot of really, really smart people there. So they're probably working on it. But uh, everyone else seems uh, to have either made some good turns in the last five years to make them more viable long term or have kind of more... Uh, more avenues to explore uh, kind of inherent their own current business model. But like th- those two, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be more concerned about and Yeah. The TikTok. I'm not, I'm not really sure long-term what the play is. Yeah. Like besides the Google search box, the thing about Google is that like for a long time, like the, the niche that they were able to occupy is making, um, de- making decently functional platforms for conducting fake business. Right. Like, and at some point you have to fucking, at some point you have to like, at some point you have to fucking pivot from that, especially just because like fake business gets conducted so much more in such a more sophisticated way lately. Um, Like the way that fake business gets fucking conducted is completely evolved. Right. So like, yeah, well, and like, yeah, I mean, GCP is like, I I feel like the, the, the guy they brought in a few years ago, maybe it was more recently that, like their new kind of CEO for the cloud platform, I think is making the sort of the right moves. But man, like that is a, that is a tough, that's just a tough business to be competitive in. Um, and especially when, you know, Microsoft, I, I, I mean, I think that's kind of their, their strongest wheelhouse as a, you know, not impartial observer. Um, they, they seem to, have a lot invested in that and helps other ceo count came from that kind of community too but anyway any other last thoughts on this wonderful episode about uh, before cloud platform before we had google before we had all that we had pop-ups and we had master shake on a mythical computer making it happen that's that's all that i had just wanted to wanted to touch on what was happening um culturally really quickly um because most of it's pretty pretty obvious we're still in on the billboard charts we're still in the era of eminem rapper eminem uh lose yourself supremacy uh we are at the top of the domestic box office lord of the rings two towers number two is catch me if you can a movie that i still really loved this day um those are both good movies number three made in manhattan big big jumps between all those three um at this point lord of the rings 339 catch me if you can 164 uh made in manhattan 94 uh and as far as world events the the caribbean community heads of government uh meet with the government of cuba and declare the date to be uh caricom cuba day um to celebrate the diplomatic ties between the caribbean community and and cuba so uh the the uh a step a step forward in um, in the sort of yassification of the international stage via international orgs. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that man. We, this is a really long episode. Maybe next time uh, we talk. Yeah, this is uh, this is sort of like the the time where if uh, if an international organization wasn't doing something, people weren't sure if it was valid or not, which is like yep. a completely weird thing that. Uh, uh, it was not the case five years earlier or five years after for a lot of reasons. But anyway, uh, good chat with you. Good episode. Yeah.
Likewise, great episode. Um, thanks for, for joining us. If you uh, if you missed or miss the C Lab episode and want to check them out, there's going to be a link in the description of our Patreon. Uh, otherwise, keep watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Keep being yourselves. Keep being fucking. Keep being cool as hell. And we'll see you next time. Peace and love. See ya. Thank you.